We are awesome dads, okay husbands, and terrible golfers. We dive into golf, fatherhood, and life. This is the Breakfast Balls Podcast. Nailed it! Thanks for listening to the Breakfast Balls Podcast. This is episode 32 uh, with your hosts, Mark Budden and Florida. And a very special guest joining us today, uh, the legend, Billy. What, what do they call you the first name? Now nah, nah, I just totally ruined this, but boy, <laughs> the, the, talk about an all-time start over. Um, I just want to call you the legend. How about that? That's fantastic. And maybe not even the legend, just legend. Just legend. Legend of the fall. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. Well, yeah, you, you're cursed in uh... – the curse of Billy Grant didn't uh, break us yet. Listen, I, I want to congratulate you guys for, <laughs> for overcoming the curse. It's fantastic. You have tens of 20s of followers now, and look at you. Yeah, maybe 30, 10, but... 35. <laughs> 35 followers. We did just hit the uh, 3,000 play mark, um, 3,000 downloads or 3,000 plays of our episodes, which – I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, <laughs> no clue. But for six months in, I feel like that's pretty good. If you do the math, which I don't know how to do that math, it's, I think it's pretty good. That's yeah, 500, 500 plays a month. It's pretty good. That's pretty solid. Hell yeah. yeah. I was told there would be no math, so I'm just going to go with what you guys got here. <laughs> <sighs> That's why you never shoot higher than a double bogey. Can't count that. High. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh man, so Billy, you've had a lot going on since uh, we last talked. Well, shit. Last time we talked, um, no one knew what COVID was yet, right? Uh, or we were just finding out what it was, and we last were last weeks in my office. I think. Yeah, I've been the last I, week in my office. I, Truth be told, and I don't think I have any coworkers that listen, so this is fine. I think I um, we did the uh, I did the call from a conference room in my office the last time we spoke. Yeah, that's true. I was at work. <laughs> we were at work last time we did this. You could say, I mean, one could argue that our first interview was the beginning of the end of the world. <laughs> so the curse the curse is real <laughs> we just passed the curse on to the rest of the world instead of this podcast that's right <laughs> yeah we uh so that would have been february end of february maybe maybe even early march um but you know we've been we've been keeping in touch throughout then and uh You've got you've got a home renovation addition going on. Oh man, you've got to battle battle some forest fires. Yep, change your Instagram handle. Correct. Um, and you <laughs> shaved your beard. 
<laughs> you know, and only That's one a of lot. Those, only one of those was a giant mistake, and I'm happy to say that it's back by now. The beard, yeah, the beard is the full and all its glory. Um, don't ever, if gentlemen out there, whoever you are listening to this, if you have facial hair and you've had facial hair for more than, let's say, a year, do not shave it off. Was it an accident? Was it one of those where you clipped it a little too close and you had no choice? 100% got a new trimmer and was in the bathroom toying around with it and went up one cheek. Oh, shit, that's a little high. Go to the other side, try to straighten it out. Whoa, whoops, what's that? Get into the mustache area and all of a sudden I've got that weird goatee with no mustache that everybody had in the early <laughs> 90s. And... Uh, and then, you know, I so I trimmed it all the way down and I went with like the Dylan McDermott look and it was just scruff. And I woke up the next day and I said, you know what, I'm just going to shave this completely off and start over again. And I did that and I walked out and my kids looked like I had two heads, one growing out of my ass. And, and uh, they, my, my daughter was like, Daddy, what's wrong with you? Like, <laughs> Are you sick? She's five, and she thought I was already terminal, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I mean, not only your family, but you you have, obviously, a lot of followers. Where you're fo- I mean, the followers had to be reaching out to be like, hey, dude, everything okay? Yeah, you know, I did not reveal the entire thing at all. No. I, I took some, like, uh, a couple stories of just my cheek. <laughs> <laughs> just my naked cheek, and they're like, what's going on, man? Like I don't want to know. I did like I did like two years ago, and and when I I have a baby face, and when I shave my beard, I look just you know ridiculous. And so I did it about two two and a half years ago, where I cut it too close, kind of like you did, and I just shaved it all off. I'm like, oh my god, I couldn't even go to work. I couldn't get myself to go to work because I was like, who's gonna listen to me? I look like I'm 12. No one's, no one's gonna listen to anything I'm saying. They're just gonna be staring at how young I look. A my bald, shit, and a bald, bald twelve-year-old. It was the bald and twelve-year-old in our office. We've got this curse in our family, and in, in my, uh, I think it's on my mom's side of the family that no matter how skinny you are or how much weight you've put on that winter, you're gonna have a double or triple chin doesn't matter it's it's part of it's part of our genes it's part of your part of our lineage and i forget it's there because of the beard i just forget it's there and then when it's all shaved off it's like oh my god (laughs) mark do you still have your beard i feel like i've seen you you recently and i don't remember yeah i um (laughs) i was gonna say we saw each other this weekend for sure um, and yeah, beard beard is still there. Uh, didn't go anywhere. I mean, I've, I've trimmed it down a little bit. It's not as uh, uh, scraggly, but it's it's still there. It's still not pretty. A um, lot of patches, a lot of holes, but I don't care anymore. Fill the gaps. You know what? Listen, listen. I've I cannot stand. Well, maybe I shouldn't put it that way, but I I dislike the hipster movement and the hipster community. But one thing they've taught me, one thing they do very well is bearding. And you can learn a lot if you follow follow somebody on Instagram. There's a few guys out there 
um, that have extraordinary beards and just ask them to say, Hey, how do you do that? man?" And they'll go into their whole ritual and, and training and how they, how they keep their beard. And I got to tell you, it's, it's fantastic. I never used to use product in my beard at all. I thought products were for, you know, the other side of the tracks. I'm like, I, I'm a, I'm a manish and I'm not going to put shit in my beard. But once I started doing it, game changer. Yeah. I use beard oil. Beard oil helps a lot. Yeah. You've got to get it. I, what does a beard oil do? I, I am a complete uh, uh, moron when it comes to this. Depends on the type of beard oil you get. I have one that does a little shaping, gives it a little shine, smooths it out. There's three products that you should look into, and this is what I learned from my my brethren hipsters. You should use a a beard wash, which is just a specialized soap to clean your beard in the shower. You should uh, use beard oil, which is actually for your skin more than it is for your for the the actual beard itself. And then you should use like a, uh, a I didn't even call it a beard cream, I guess. And that's more for shaping and toning of the beard. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. What What about like for the patches that I have? I've got a big gap on one side. Do I put Rogaine on that or what do I do here? See, what you have to learn is you have to figure out what kind of beard's best for you. Maybe you're just good for a goatee. Because a lot of guys. Ooh, a lot of I guys, can see you with a goatee, Mark. You know, a lot of guys don't have the the full growth. Um, They're not as, not as lucky as Billy and myself. Yeah, I got a full head of hair. I just can't get a beard. Listen, from when I shaved my beard completely naked, one week it was completely back. One week. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, ladies, I'm married. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think uh, both our moms are they're not interested. They're the only... I think... I think... I think we have like fifteen percent female listeners. Wow. I don't know. I don't know where they come from or who Can't they are. Right. Can't be right. But <laughs> they're sticking around. No, it's it's someone that they didn't know how to activate their profile and choose male or female and just default to the female. Fifteen <laughs> percent of our audience did that. I mean, that would, yeah, that, that would fit the demographic. Fifteen yeah. percent of our audience isn't smart. But how many are non-binary is the question. Yeah, you know, I don't know. That's a good question. I could probably find that out. I think that is an option. Should be. Billy, I think we've got to, ta- I, you know, I'm, I'm just more, I'm very intrigued by the idea of what you're doing of renovating your home through all of this craziness. Oh, man. It's, uh, it's been a project. It's, uh, it's basically my father-in-law is a contractor. Um, he builds custom homes out here he built um in the last couple years he's built seven of the the fire homes from napa county um he's already signed up for two maybe three of the vacaville fires that's just the most recent fire actually tonight another fire blazes through oh shit santa rosa it blew up last night It's, it's out of control um but he's built, he's building a bunch of these firehouses and we, you know, we bought this home on the basis of that we could expand and we could do an addition. And I was all about it. And my wife kind of put the plan together and I had no clue 
how much that my back was going to pay. <laughs> it was a little bit of a surprise how many hours I was going to put into this thing. But we've basically what my father-in-law does besides general contracting, he's a carpenter at tra- by trade. So we've done everything from uh, the foundation. I dug most of the foundation by hand. Um, yeah, I saw that. Oh my God. What were you thinking? hundred degree. There was parts of it where we couldn't get the excavator into. So I was. How deep, how deep did you have to dig it? Oh this is a slab. It's a slab, right? Just no, the concrete? Not, not a slab. It goes around the, it's a, it's a standard foundation out here. There, it's not slab work. It's a. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you. I have no you, idea what I'm talking about. So yeah, no, you don't. So basically. There's earthquakes out there. Come on. Basically, you dig this big trench around the outside of your house, and then you put in form boards and you pour the foundation on that build on top of that. Um, but I, we dug, I mean, like two to three feet deep in some places, depending on how deep the yard was. And uh, I tell you what, gentlemen, you you learn a lot about yourself when it's a hundred degrees. <laughs> God, I would have quit the first day. You would have, yeah. Oh, I'm too. I'm so soft. I I tell you what, there were a couple days where I, you know, I almost threw in the towel. But I've got my 57 year old broken father in law, you know, doing the same thing next to me. I'm like, I I got to keep up with this guy. I can't, you know, I can't yeah. win. And that's just a different generation. I learned a lot about myself, and I learned a lot about about life from it. I mean one thing that kind of popped into my head and here we go on a tangent again, but uh, one thing that popped in my head was people that complain about um, social media and growing their social media account, how hard it is to create content and all this kind of BS. And I'm out here, you know, literally digging a hole. Um, I, I just want to tell those people that, you know, incessantly complain about it drive around your neighborhood in the middle of the summer and find some roofers and go to those roofers and say hey guys i'm having a hard time coming up with instagram content and (laughs) if you've ever felt a nail gun hit you in the side of the head you probably would right then (laughs) this is not hard hard. (laughs) anyway true story so anyway, yeah, so we're, you, we're, we're, we're to a point right now where, God, we're like five months in, and it kills my father-in-law that we're so far behind his schedule. But it's basically just been him and I, um, him and Han, at less than one day a week. I mean, we put in, we put in some 10, 12-hour days and, and knock stuff out. But we've had yeah. very little help up until this point. We're just about to the point where we're done, and it's going to be subcontractors from here till the end, which... I am desperately looking forward to doing you, um doing everything on the are... inside. What's that? Are you guys are you the subs going to do all the the work on the inside then? Yeah, so they'll so electrical, plumbing, um, yeah. you know, drywall. We had I guess we had subcontractor do the roof already. Um, HVAC. I mean, we have codes out here for. We have to put fire sprinklers in our house. Yeah, we've, yeah, got, we've got the code. We've got the code. codes. Yeah, so all of those kind of things, and then and then outside to the concrete, the new concrete steps and new concrete backyard. I mean, that'll all be done by trained professionals. 
That's still impressive, man. That's I mean, just watching you do that. Uh, I had no experience. A lot of work. You know, almost zero experience. It's like swinging a hammer and and running all this equipment and saws and power tools. Almost zero equipment. And would have never would have never guessed it. <laughs> I know, right? I fake it really well. <laughs> you're, you're just a natural. That's all. You're just I mean, a natural. You, you are. You had the tool that's belt. You had the tool belt that looked like it's been worn a few times. And- oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that doesn't take long for one of those to wear in. But I'll tell you what. I was out there one day, and we had we had one of uh, their helpers come and help us, and I realized how slow I actually was. <laughs> <laughs> Like, wow, okay, that's how fast that's supposed to be done. All right. <laughs> and you're living in the house, right? I mean, you're living yeah. through the construction, right? Yeah, we're living in the house. We're just getting ready to open up to the existing house. So that's when it gets real. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And we're adding, I mean, we, we went from the initial house is 1,500 and some odd square feet. We're basically adding 1,000 square feet. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. by the end of the day, it'll be just a little over 2,500 square feet. The, the mass, the bedroom itself is yeah, fairly small, but the, the uh, master bathroom that we're installing is laughable America. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going bidet? Did you put a bidet in? We'll have to wait. And still- you still can. You still can. You know, the toilets are still up for, you know, negotiation. Yeah, you need to do a bidet, I think. I think that's my next move. Hey, you if know, I ever move. Listen, 15-ish years ago, I used to house sit for these people, you know, when I worked in, at a country club that I think I mentioned last time we were on here. But uh, they had a bidet, and it was my first time ever using a bidet, and I could tell you... <laughs> It's no joke. It's for real. Yeah. My aunt and uncle had one. We, I, when I was growing up, they, they were my rich aunt and uncle. My brother and I thought it was a water fountain in the bathroom. We had no <laughs> idea what it was. <laughs> we never drank out of it. Oh, we never drank out of it. But I yes, always you did. That, I always thought it was a water fountain. <laughs> oh, my God. You don't know what that is when you're a little kid. You definitely drank out of the bidet. I, I have no recollection of it. I could have. I don't remember actually sure. doing that. Don't put your lips on the faucet. Oh, oh. You know, when we go to therapy and we, we see therapists, we talk about a lot about repressed memories and that maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's not. Rep- I mean, I remember it. You remember <laughs> drinking out of the bidet. No, not I don't remember drinking out of the bidet. I remember thinking that it was a water fountain though. God. No idea what it was. Oh my god, I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> but anyway, right. we're you know, yeah. we're 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 excited about it. I'm excited to get it done, but now it's just you know, with the current conditions of the economy, it's it's taken forever to get certain things in, like bathroom fixtures and or bathroom we ordered. We're not. I've heard until late October or something. So it's we're kind of just pre- pressing the patience button right now and kind of going with the flow. Yeah, we're we're pricing out finishing our basement right now and just like 
labor or materials yeah and wood are just so expensive right now it's listen when we started when we were doing the outside of the house the walls um i had to go buy a sheet of of plywood and it cost 18 dollars i just went to home depot the other day and the same sheet of plywood was 36 dollars it's insane doubled in price yeah. in just a couple months is it just because yeah, everyone's trying to do like uh renovations or rehabs or projects yeah i i think so i yeah i feel like that you go to like home depot or menards or lowe's during this whole pandemic it's been slammed with people doing home yeah. projects yeah, well, yeah that's true demand's, demand's really high and then you got to think a lot of those companies decrease their workforce so much and send yeah. people home so they're not turning out as much product yeah yeah, no, it's, that's very true. It's like uh, everyone thinks that cars, like buying a new car, should be so much cheaper right now. Right. It's not because there's not there's there's no supply. People are bu- people are them. still buying new cars. They didn't, you know, they stopped producing cars for three or four months. Right. So you know, there's no. It's it's kind of a, it's old economics, old econ econ one hundred and one, supply and demand. Hmm. Now is this right. micro or macro? I never, I never understood that. You flip through that class. Don't even. Well, that would be that would be macro economics. Okay, you didn't sound very convincing, but okay. I mean, there would be macro economics. So. <laughs> I think macro, macro, big picture, micro, small picture, tactical. <laughs> ah, okay. Let's get off the. Uh, the yeah, this is not a. The, no one's coming on this podcast to learn about economics. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, that would be fun. no. If they if they are, Godspeed. On episode thirty three <laughs> of the Breakfast Balls podcast, Mark and Chris dive into the world of economics, and everyone's and Brian... stuck with them. <laughs> <laughs> so, Billy, you probably aren't well, getting much golf in. Like I saw one time you posted, you said like you'd only golfed a couple times. Four times in the year 2020. That's how many rounds. That's how many full 18 hole rounds. Now I've had I've had a couple nine holes here and there, and and hit the range several times. And um, yeah, four times. It's definitely as far as I think as long as I've been playing, the least I've ever played. Are you happy about that? Sad indifferent you know i'm okay i get when i post stuff like that i get so many dms and it's kind of nice come on bring it in you know bring me some love but i i'm okay with it because from age 24 to almost age 28 i that's all i did was play golf i had a couple years in there where i logged 300 rounds a year which is which is incredible, you know, and and so to be, I don't think I've played that in my lifetime. Yeah, you have. <laughs> I don't think so. You've put in some pretty impressive numbers the last two years. Yeah, this year a lot. But there's no uh, way you could do it up there with the seasonal golf. I, you know, that was when right. I lived in Arizona, no. and it was in in the summertime. Sometimes you're playing 54 holes a day. 
Yeah, we're running into our last yeah probably three to four weeks of golf season here. It's gonna yeah, it's gonna be hit or miss now for us. Now that we're really we're in October, it's it's where it gets dicey now. Right. Yeah, and I and like I said, we're getting to the end of our our project, at least to the end of what we can do. So there'll be some days off coming soon, and I'll be. I'll be nice. swinging it. You know what? Last time I went out, I birdied three out of the first four holes, and I was like, okay, I can still do this. Still got, <laughs> still it. got it. Still got it. Yeah. Maybe just a, so a little bit of time you. away that does about a good, I guess. Yeah, until about the until about the 15th hole, and then the wheels just fly off. <laughs> <laughs> and for you, that's what? Like, a, you make a couple bogeys? Yeah, you bogey par, birdie par, birdie bogey par. I don't know. It, it's it's all. It's all. Yeah, it sounds miserable. Sounds like a miserable round. But... <laughs> what uh, are you gonna get? Are you gonna try to if if it's available to you to do a U.S. Open qualifier next year? Yeah, U.S. Opens in uh, Torrey Pines next year out here. So yeah. I, if, oh, yeah, if, it's, right. if it's available, I will be putting in my two hundred dollar drop. Hopefully, you know. Well, I've, the good thing about this project is not so much condition-wise, but strength-wise, I've gotten pretty strong. I've gotten a lot stronger. Not quite Bryson DeChambeau strong, but <laughs> I, you know, I don't drink as many quote-unquote protein shakes as he does. But quote-unquote, <laughs> <laughs> the last time I went out and played, I was definitely hitting it further than I had been. So, really? yeah, and you know, it's. I think the the U.S. Open is still my favorite event, and it's just it was too bad this year with winged foot that qualifying didn't happen because I know so many people look forward to attending that as qualifiers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 that's one of the cool things about the U.S. Open, right? Is that they they do that, and I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. They have a lower number of amateurs there than this year. Than normal? Yeah, they did. They they only had a, a few that had previously qualified. Yeah. Um, it's really to me, it's the you know I, I may I won't get in trouble for this, but it's the only good thing that the USGA does. <laughs> and thank God they still do it, and they still give guys like me hope of living out my dream of walking inside the ropes for you know thirty six holes. Yeah. <laughs> Cinderella story the Billy oh. Grant on Sunday. Oh. All I gotta do is make make it into make it a make it a weekend. Make it an entire trip, four day trip. Yeah, you know, my it'd be it'd be it would definitely be awesome. I've tried I I was trying to count it up the other day how many attempts I've made, and I think I'm somewhere in the ten to twelve attempt. What's the closest you've been to qualifying? I, I've never made it out of local qualifying. So for people out there that don't know, you know, how you get in, you, you go through a local 18 hole qualifier and then uh, top whatever scores, it's usually top 10% or a little bit more of the field move on to the uh, sectional qualifiers. And they call that the longest day in golf. It's a 36 hole marathon in one day. I think there's 10 location, 10 to 12 locations. And then they take the top you know, two or three from each one of those and you get into the U.S. Open. So essentially 54 really good round holes of golf, you can play in the national championship. Well, for some, I mean, that'll never happen for someone like Chris or I, but 
you know, that being said, I, I, I have people ask me all the time and they set up that 18 holes like a major championship. It's the courses aren't easy. Usually even par to plus one or even two at some sites gets you through to the, to the, wow. to the sectional, but then at sectional, you got to golf your ball. But I've listened out of those 10 to 12 local qualifiers. I've lost every single way that you can think. I've lost in playoffs. I've lost in two playoffs. Um, I, what's five over par? Quintuple. I quintuple bogeyed the last hole one time and I missed by one. Um, Goodness. Yeah. I've, I've, it's been, it's been interesting. I've had one, I've had years where I just wasn't even close from the like third hole. Um, I've made the mistake out here of trying to qualify at Pasa Tiempo Golf Club in Santa Cruz. And it's a place where you can play really well and not break 80. Um, I, I, the last time I, the last time I tried <laughs> to qualify there, I swore I was hitting the ball well and added up my score on the front nine and I shot 41. And it's like, um, excuse me. <laughs> it's real. I'll take that in a heartbeat. Sign me up. Give me that 41. <laughs> I'm out of here. Yeah, no shit. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's all relative, right, to what you expect to do. It, it, it really is. And I, you know, That's what the, I'll keep trying. I'll, I told my wife the other day, I'll, I'll, I'm going to keep trying until should, the man. wheels completely fall off. And, and or in six years, I turn the big 5-0. And then I can start trying to qualify for that U.S. Open, which is a there little bit easier. There you go. You're almost, geez, you're almost there. You playing yeah. on the tour with Phil? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I think his, I mean, I, I don't want to go bash Phil because I like Phil, but I think his career as a PGA golfer is over. And, you know, yeah, I mean, he'll play for a couple more years, I think. You know, play the big tournaments for, you know, probably through his 50s. And then, yeah, sure. And he'll play at Augusta. And... Yeah, he's still going to play all the majors. He's still going to try to get into like the Ryder Cups and stuff. But I, it, listen, Phil's remarkable, like love him or hate him. He's had an incredible career. Um, yeah. obviously he knows, he, he understands the Tiger Woods effect and what it did for his career. Um, I, you know, hats off to him. And then he goes out and just blows away a bunch of 60 year olds. <laughs> First tournament just goes and kicks their ass. I know. Thanks for coming, Phil. <laughs> nice sunglasses. What's the, uh, what's the, what's he, the, the, German guy that always wins on the senior PGA. Longer. Longer, yeah. He was probably like, fuck. Right? <laughs> this was this was my show. This was fun. Furek too. Furek just got over there not too long ago. He's probably like, God, I can rake up some yeah. wins here. Well fuck, Phil. Jesus. Listen, in the next few years, you're gonna I mean, the whole champions tour is gonna turn over and you're basically gonna have everybody in there mid to upper forties now out there and it's gonna be it's gonna be different. Holtz Tiger. Holtz Tiger forty four. Yeah, I don't think he'll play on the champions tour. No. Yeah, no. I, I'm not seeing that either. He may do a couple, but I just don't see him making a point to 
he's going to start doing his own, you know, hosting you his know, own tournaments. You know, he'll, he'll get career, more to that. His career is really reflective of Jack's, and Jack played a little bit out there and then just kind of shut it down. I think, yeah. yeah, I think you're right. I think he's going to go more into course design and and then um, putting on his own golf tournaments and stuff like that. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, you're supposed to. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm quite okay with that. I mean, not, don't get me wrong. I'd still love to see Tiger out and go out and kick people's ass, but hundred uh, percent. I just don't think he'll do well, it. Well, the the Payne Stewart inspired course he just built looks looks amazing. He's supposed to be building one out here in Chicago, Billy. Yeah. On the south side of Chicago, that's still in the works. But they're taking two Muni courses right on the lake. And they're supposed to make something similar to Torrey Pines where it's a championship level course, but you can play that as a resident uh, pretty inexpensively. You know, I kind of hope that's uh, a direction of golf. I would like to see more facilities where there's, and they're, they're obviously out there, but 36 holes make one of the 18 holes affordable for, people to get on for regular people to get on but just as nice as the other golf course you know so they get that they get that full experience of what it's like to play at one of these places yeah yeah i mean you know i think that's i think that i think you'll see tiger do that i think you'll see him do you know if he's going to start building a lot of course i think think, he understands the experience of golf i mean he you know he obviously grew up playing golf from three but he also grew up playing municipal courses too so i I think you'll see i think you'll see that shift where you'll see the you know don't get me wrong he's still going to put out you know probably 75 percent of the courses he puts out are going to be private but i still think you'll have that side of him where he uh you know does a municipal course and makes it affordable for people to play you know and, and then let's not forget um he's got his son starting to whip some wholesale ass out of there on some it's true stuff. I, I i don't remember when it was but god charlie won a nine-hole tournament by like eight strokes or something and it's like oh. uh, he was like he was like under par and the rest of the kids were like all every other kid was over par right. yeah yeah it'll be interesting to see how he turns out obviously he's got all the uh any any tool he wants he's got it as disposable that is disposal so that's be nice to see uh if he uh, if his if his kid sticks with it and becomes, you know, Tiger Woods Jr. Only time will tell. It's like just like Bryson DeChambeau. Only time will tell. I mean, he what I mean, we don't have to rehash, but what he did at the U.S. Open, man, that was pretty incredible. It was very incredible. I think what he doesn't get enough credit for was how accurate he was. I mean, the distance kind of speaks for itself. I'm. I'm at a loss for how to even talk about him. Um, I saw a graphic, a statistic that from the end of 2017 to 2020, he put on like 25 miles an hour ball speed, which is That's insane. if you're a club junkie or know anything about the golf swing, it's, it's the only time you make that kind of change is from junior golf to college golf. I mean, there's no, when you start when you physically start to mature, when you physically right? start moving the club faster, and to do it as an yeah. adult is pretty insane. Um, 
and just his sheer sizes, he's enormous. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, you see, like, they showed what he was eating, like, after the round. He had, like, pizza. Obviously, he had his organ, protein shakes. He had a steak. He had french fries. He was drinking something out of the cup. It was just like... Yeah, it, was, like, it wasn't he's like water. The Michael, he's like the, Michael Fel- like the Michael Phelps of golf. No, he, it's more than that. He's like uh, the guy that plays the mountain on Game of Thrones. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a thousand pounds. You know, I worry that I, I had one worry and I said it to somebody and they're like, oh, you know, I never thought about that. I worry about the effect it has on junior golf, high school golf, college golf, where some kid might be struggling with distance and, you know, at 15, 16, 17 years old and, turn to PEDs or turn to some kind of steroid and try to, you know, beef up, you know, unnaturally. I'm not, I'm, I will not say that Bryson did that, but to put on that kind of weight uh, muscularly, I mean, I've proven that within five years of having my, my daughter that you can do it naturally, um, but just not in the muscular sections of the body. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to, that's called fatherhood yeah, i tried on a pair of pants the other day that i hadn't seen in a while and I, it wasn't even close so yeah. i mean i know <laughs> i know it can be done i just worry about younger generation and, I, and i'm also curious to see if you know all of a sudden you're going to see ricky fowler with bigger <laughs> shoulders next year or something like you know what effect is it going to have and is it going to have any effect on the short turnaround? Because it's going to be these guys are major championship, major championship, major championship, short season, and then they turn right around next year. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that whole thing. Well, yeah, what kind of wear and tear it has on his body long term? Like, how can how long can you physically can sustain? And we that type of work, right? That that working out. You know, day in and day out, like we've seen people that's that's before. We've seen not maybe not to this magnitude. I think that's where it's he's kind of taking it to a whole different level. If we remember, we go back. I mean, David Duvall when he was in his run, he went for Tiger. Tiger did it. Tiger too. They both look how Jack Tiger was. Duvall was first though. Duvall was. I mean, he went from slightly portly. Like myself, what he happened to him? What happened? Ripped. He went to absolute rip city, and then his game just kind of it plummeted. He had a few good yeah. tournaments, and then he just kind of lost his feel. And he and he had a he had an injury. I think he had a back injury, and so okay. I'll, we'll see. And then we've seen what it does did to Tiger. I mean, it it you know kind of ruined his body, yeah. but obviously worked out for him. So we'll we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, no, no, Tiger wasn't hitting the ball as far as Bryson is, but you know, comparatively um, though, comparatively, Chris, when when he came out in the late nineties, he was hitting it further than everybody else, like Bryson did. You know, correct. Yep, that's what I was just gonna say. It's like he was he was hitting the ball three twenty when the other guys on tour were still hitting two seventy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and now now Bryson's hitting three seventy, and these guys are hitting three twenty. Right. Right, so it'll, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see if he can maintain it, or, yeah, or I mean, in a year or two, does you know all of a sudden he shows up and he's twenty, thirty pounds lighter, and you know we'll, we'll have to wait and see. 
Yeah, I just got I think you're right. I think it's just got to, you know, after a while, the, the amount of torque you're putting on your body with that type of swing, it's just got to, uh, I don't know. I just think your body's, you know, I don't care how big and strong you are. Eventually, your body's going to start to break down with, with something like that. Well, he's still, what, he's like 26, yeah. right? Yeah. 25, he, yeah. 26. So, I mean, he's probably got, let's be honest, he's probably got four to six years left of being able to do that before your body's like, I can't do it. Let's hope. I mean, look at, uh, I mean, it's not the perfect comparison, but look at someone like Jason Day who, you know, once you start getting the back issues, Mm. you know, it's hard to to escape them, right? And he's had it, it's kind of derailed his career that he's had to deal with back issues. And he's always a pretty big, strong guy too. Yeah, it's just yeah, you, you can't really. It doesn't really just go away. I think once you get them, you're kind of stuck with them. And yeah, ask, ask Tiger, right? He's had how many surgeries, and yep. yeah, it's it's not going to go away. So, and and I'll I'll throw it out there. I think most PGA Tour players at some point in their career go through some kind of injury. I don't, I can't think of one right off my head right now that hasn't had some kind of injury. It's just a a very a variable of how bad it was yeah i mean brooks uh, I, I hope it's not the case for brooks but he seems to be you know fighting he's got a knee injury I mean, he's been on, fighting think. some things for the last couple of years he's he's found a way to win majors still at the same time but you know it's he, in my hey guys 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 it's in my contract not to talk about brooks get go okay? oh oh geez i'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, we're not we're not big Brooks defenders on here, yeah. so don't worry about it. Good for, good for you. Yeah, I, I I lost complete interest with him once he said he forgot he hit a hole in one at Augusta. I mean, come on, he that's just like the dumbest thing I've ever heard someone it's say. It's such an act. I, I mean, I, he's I think, and from what I understand, talking to a few people close to the situation and is he kind of get the kick out of saying those things in public and then watching social media and watching the backlash. I think <laughs> a joy for him, but I mean, all you have to, I do, could see that. All you have to do is rewind and go to his first U S open win and, uh, or PGA champ, was it US PGA championship uh, for his first major win. And there's just no, there's nothing, there's nothing there. He barely, pumps his fist or smiles or it's like what are you doing and you can kind of tell that the guy's just like he said he it just happened that he's good at golf i I broke the contract (laughs) you broke your own contract i guess i started it but i i i said his name in vain so anyway (laughs) where were we (laughs) We could have a whole episode on Brooks and Bryson. Oh, and throwing a little Patrick Reed. I was so excited that he was in contention. Were you? No, here I actually love it because I love when he wins and people get so upset. It's like you know, calm down, you know. But please, your memes are hilarious. Do you see him uh, pushing down his line? Fantastic. <laughs> no, you know it's funny on that one because I think I think most I think most PJ Pro players do that, but 
I absolutely, absolutely yeah. agree. Like that, there's no, he's not the only person that, that's out there doing. No, that. and I, I think there's there's a certain way that you do it that it, it it's part of it's part of the thing. You know, it's not it's not cheating. It's you're selecting club, putting it behind the ball. Now the way he does it, when you tap, 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 yeah, that's that's a little beyond measure, but. To get busted for something and then just keep doing it. I mean, the sack on this guy, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, he just he just marches to <laughs> just the, yeah, he just marches the beat of his own drum. I, the guy just he just rubs everybody the wrong you've way. You've gotta give him you've gotta give him a little bit of respect for his just not give a fuck yeah, meter. You, I mean, it's I amazing. guess you have to have something like that if you're gonna be that way. <laughs> Yeah, he he eats up the uh, he eats up that shit though. Like he feeds off of the the hate. I think a little bit fuels him for sure. And I think that's the way that the other guy, Mister Kepka, that I think that's the way he is trying to go, but he can't quite get there. (laughs) And I and I have a theory about it. I think he's no, because no one wants to hate him. No one wants to hate Brooks. I think it's because that's the problem. I think it's because he's much too good looking. If he <laughs> listen, if he were ugly, people would, would despise him. Yeah. Think about that. I, yeah, no, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with that. He's a he's a good looking gentleman. I just a, you, you know what? I've never thought about that in my life. I just came up with that just now. <laughs> well, it's a it's a good thing you don't talk about it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I don't. I don't. We're done. <laughs> Next topic. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for this episode of the Breakfast Balls podcast. If you like what you heard and like learning from our mistakes, please subscribe. Also, if you're on Instagram, please follow us at breakfastballs.podcast. Panda! Listen! How you scammers? Black X6, Fanny, what you see? Panda! Swole! Fanny! Sally Bar! Candy! And I'm the macho like Randy!